this is the first podcast of 2024. Yes. Woo! 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 Yes, I made it. And it's quite miraculous. I mean, every, every year I manage to get to the next year. I always have to pinch myself, you know, because, you know, quite honestly, I really shouldn't be here, to be honest, because, <laughs> you know, I don't... And that's a separate podcast, but, you know, what I did in my past doesn't really bear thinking about. (laughs) Yes, I know. Anyway, I'm in the foyer of the National Theatre in London, which is one of my favourite places, to be honest. Um, It's lovely to hang out by the river. One gets a lovely coffee. And also, one can see a play, which is even better. And I have seen one or two rather fantastic productions here. Anyway, I'm not here to talk about theatre. I'm here to talk with the lovely Lavinia. Hello, Lavinia. Hello. Good to see you. And how has 2024 been for you so far? I mean, we're only three days in, let's face it. But how's it been? Oh, it's been marvellous, Emmanuel. I started the new year in Budapest, and now I'm back in London, hanging out with you and catching up with other friends before I return to China, where I now work. Ah, right. Now, now we'll, we'll get on to that in a minute, because uh, Lavinia's now no longer with us. She's with the Chinese, or rather, she's actually <laughs> living and working in, in Shanghai, which we'll go on to in, in, a, in a little bit. But the reason I'm, I'm here is because I, I really want to talk to um, Lavinia about our experience of, of COVID together. Yeah, we had COVID. Mm, In fact, we did. we did have COVID We together. did have it, we did. Um, although at the time we didn't know we had COVID. We didn't know it was COVID. I remember you you were in your room for virtually two weeks mm. and you never came mm. out. And I was a bit concerned because I thought, well, maybe she's dying. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, but I, 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 I did know you were around because I could hear you sniffling and, mm. and occasionally coughing. So I knew you were alive. But, um, yeah, we, we, we had a house share, and it was a very difficult time, but um, it was a trigger, wasn't it? Mm, it was, it was. Um, so, so, so what, to move abroad, it, well, that was my trigger. It was your trigger, but before you moved abroad, you did something else, which I do remember sort of was the first thing, and that was the decluttering, mm. because uh, mm. I, I think that was quite a, a pivotal moment for mm. you, wasn't it? So, so yes, it was. Could, talk a little bit about that. I mean, what is decluttering and, 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 and what is hoarding? Well, I definitely was a hoarder, Emmanuel. You know, when we, you know, we lived in a in a, a house share with five or six people at the most. And, you know, there were times when it was uh, about three of us. And at the most, it was about six of us. I used to own hundreds, thousands of possessions, you know, my whole life. And I, you know, I'm in my late 30s now. And it, it, it was just too much. And it was during the COVID lockdown, you know, when you're stuck at home, you're doing work online you know you've got more time and also you're looking about yourself you're looking about your house at all the things you own thinking gosh I own far too much clutter far too many things I don't want to live like this anymore I want to get rid of it all it does these things this this is not healthy for me it's not bringing me joy and it's time to you know I mean but it was it was certain YouTube channels and Marie Kondo and you know all these Japanese Marie Kondo Kondo, yes so she's a Japanese author and she's a tidying expert a decluttering expert she is absolutely marvelous and reading her book and watching her things on YouTube and you know she changed my life she really did I I, I remember that and I remember you saying you'd been um, listening and watching uh, mm. podcast and then you started reading yes and at the time I, I kind of didn't necessarily take it seriously 
until you started to move things out. Mm. Yes. And then you said, I'm going to tackle the garage. Now, uh, <laughs> yes. the, the listeners won't know, but there was a garage attached to the property. I mean, none of us could use it because <laughs> it was, it was full, full of my stuff. Floor to ceiling, full of your stuff. It was. And it was quite a big thing to actually tackle it, wasn't it? Huge, huge. I mean, it took me three or four months to get yeah. through it all. But, you know, I found the more things I gave away or threw away, the more joy I found. Yeah, and I, I remember that because you, you transformed your room and it became the most wonderful, lovely, minimalist bedroom. Mm, and, yes, it is. Um, you know, and I remember at the time thinking, wow, this is quite a big thing because, you know, um, it's not something you suddenly wake up and do. It's a process, isn't it? It really is. It, it really, it takes time and it takes... It takes a commitment. For me personally, I'm not into those those people out there that say, oh, you know, just give away one thing a day. No, that's not going to work. That's not going to give you big results. If you are a person who wants big results in their life with your possessions, with your decluttering, you know, you need to, you need to take big action. You need to go through everything you own and it will take at least three or four months, but it can be done. I mean... I know, speaking from my own experience, I mean, I, I moved into a flat that was just really, really terrible. I mean, I didn't look after it, and there was junk and rubbish everywhere. And then I, I, I've always spoken to uh, the listeners about my wonderful uh, cleaning lady who's come in and transformed my flat. Mm. You know, and, mm. and I have to say, uh, um, you know, like the bath was various shades of grey. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I have discovered the joy of getting you know, uh, cleaning products and actually clean it, you know. <laughs> and actually that ritual is, is good. And, and I've, I've made sure that I put things away and I don't mm. buy lots of things. Mm. I think, I suppose, buying things is a substitute for something else. I don't know. Mm. Um, it can mm. be. It can be uh, a substitute for love or friendship or um, stability and people buy things thinking that will mm. make them mm. happy and it does make you happy initially temporarily temporarily mm. but then afterwards you you it's there it's an, an it's just a object. thing it's isn't a it thing. yeah exactly mm. i suppose covid made us realize that a thing is not going to make us happy it's the experiences with us. oh yes and when you're you know when you're not able to go out and you're, you're not able to go and see some of your friends or go to the theater or do other things you want to do or travel you know that's when you remember that these are the things that you really want to do you yeah. want to get on a plane and go on holiday you want to go to the theater you want to see your friends and you know you look about you all your possessions and you think i don't need these things i need experiences and friendships exactly i mean we were quite lucky because we were in a sort of bubble and we had companions. I always, my heart always went out to people living on their own. Yes. Um, who didn't have contact with anybody. Uh, and that must have been pretty tough, I imagine. Unless you were a hermit and you didn't mind. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, I think uh, we were lucky. We had a big garden. I seem to remember we, we'd, we'd sit out in the garden and we'd chat. And, you know, um, uh, and that was that was quite enriching, actually. Because we had time to get to know each other better. We did. Um, we had some marvellous conversations and we spent time, you did some gardening and oh, know, we enjoyed yes. the weather and the nature and um, it was it was a yeah. good time. It was a good experience. I, I don't regret that. It's funny. It, but, but now we've gone back to sort of normality. It's, it's almost like 
I can't believe it actually happened. It's almost like it happened decades ago. I know. I mean, do I don't know if you recall, but it must have been. It must have been this time, three years ago. You and I spent New Year's Eve with two other friends that were in our house share as well. We spent New Year's Eve at the house in the garden, yes, round a right. very small makeshift campfire that we had, and we saw in the New Year together in our little lockdown bubble. We did. Whatever it was, 2021 or something. Yes, feels um, like a decade ago, but it was only three years ago. I totally agree, totally. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that was the moment when you started to really transform your life. And then I remember it came to you saying, I'm applying for jobs abroad. Now, that was, yes. you know, like a bolt out of the blue. And that was quite, <laughs> you know, so what, what led to that? And, you know, what was the reason for that? Well, it really was COVID. I mean, you know, one of the best things in my life at the time had been my theatre group in London that I was part of, an amateur theatre group, you know. But during COVID, that was all shut down. You know, that wasn't happening. And with that absence of something that had given me so much pleasure, I had to find some other fun things to think about. And having done online work for three or four months, you know, I began to look at other sources, of other options, thinking, well, I don't want to work online and, you know, I can't do my theatre group. England isn't that much fun right now. I think I'm going to go and move to Thailand. Yeah, I mean, that, why Thailand? Was that just hmm. because you'd looked into it or was it just anywhere other than England? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, at that time, Thailand didn't have COVID. So when I made the choice to move to Thailand, England had it and Thailand didn't. So, you know, in Thailand, they weren't wearing face masks. They didn't have lockdown. They didn't have quarantine. And then, of course, I moved out there and all of those things happened. So, you know, and then, I, you know, it followed me around the world, as it were. Um, but yeah, I, you know, you've got the beautiful, hot, sunny weather of, of the Thailand climate and you just think, oh, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence and I'm, go I'm going to Thailand. It's, you know, I've, I'm done with the bad British weather and I'm done with, you know, sometimes the miserable English people and, and the, you yeah. know, the British people moaning and, and complaining. Aren't we? We do moan and complain, we British. There's so much aggression. Oh, gosh. You know, I was walking and I was, you know, halfway across the road and the car's beeping for me to get out of the way. And I think, well, you know, I'm on the bloody road, <laughs> you know, and either get across to the other side, it will kill me. Or, you know, they didn't. Road me. rage, isn't road it? Rage. It's road mm. rage. And it's like mm. no one's got time to consider anyone else. You know? mm. um, I suppose, I don't know whether that's post-COVID or whether it's just been building up, but there's a lot of impatience, a lot of aggression, mm. a lot mm. of anger. You know, I don't think this country is, we're not having the happiest time no, of our lives I mean, right now. We don't want to go down that political road we all know that things are pretty s-h-i-t um, they could be better that's could for be better. sure and i think there's an election coming up and there's a moment of of truth a moment of reckoning coming uh let's just say anyway moving on so you went to thailand now yes i've I did. never been yeah. to thailand so oh you haven't no, wow. no I, I, oh. I i've been to australia and i i went to visit you know relatives because yeah, I think we've all got someone we know in our family that's in Australia. Sure. I, mean, I didn't really hang out with them because they were very poor, actually, <laughs> I have to say. I mean, you know, I've got nothing in common apart from the fact that, you know, second cousins, but, you know, that's it. But um, I did enjoy um, Sydney hmm. and I did enjoy going to the Outback. And I mm. went to Ayers Rock, which was really interesting, um, and seeing nature. I think oh, that was lovely. It for me. But anyway, Thailand. Mm, tell yes. me about. Well, 
Tell me about Thailand, and then tell me about what it was like teaching. Sure. Well, you know, I love Thailand. It's beautiful. I've been there on holiday about five times before I even moved there. You know, and and looking back, I lived there for two years. I would now say that Thailand is a wonderful destination for a holiday. For me personally, I wouldn't live there permanently because it is too hot for me personally. Yeah. But I did enjoy briefly living there. You know, if you are an international teacher, you know, if you're if you're a teacher and you're interested in an international life, you know, you can live in Thailand for two years and then you can move on to a different part of Asia or back to Europe if you like. You know, they give you a two-year contract, and if you want to extend it once you're done with the two years, you can extend. It. Otherwise, you can just move on to another part of the world. Yeah, and, and I, I, now it makes sense. You've been to Thailand, visited on holiday. Yes, on so holiday. So you had an yeah. experience of Thailand. Mm. You like the culture. You like the the country. So you kind of thought that's my top destination. Yes, that's and what I, think I thought. That was a yes. good reason mm. because you know obviously there are adverts internationally for countries all around the world and very often in the Middle East. But I don't think. Um, I don't think, from from your point of view, that would necessarily have been a. Well, oh, that's a good even move. too 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 hot for me. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. It's terribly hot. Dubai, ouch. Um, and also, you know, let's face it, Thai food has got to be oh really yum, yum. You know, you know you've got the yummy. beach, you've got the Thai food, you've got the you beaches, you've got friendly people, you've got, you've got cheap and, massage, and, you know, five pound massage, yeah. ten pound massage, massage lovely. Like, you know, I mean, not like the beach I've seen. <laughs> uh, it does look wonderful, and it's one of those places I'd like to go. I suppose what puts me off is that long flight. You know, my legs swell up and I look like an elephant. Talking of oh. elephants, <laughs> now your school well, was near a place. I mean, Yes. So I didn't actually live in Bangkok. I actually lived, I actually lived in the countryside, in and I worked in an international school, and it wasn't too far away from the beach, and there really were elephants, even five or ten minutes in a car, down the road, and there you are. You can see the elephants. You know, we used to go and see them. Elephants or they wild? Like running around wild. No, they well they yeah they're owned by somebody who keeps them as sort of working elephants. Yeah. Um, These are Asian elephants. Yes, they? yes. It, it feels as close as you could get to seeing a wild elephant yeah. because they kind of roam a little bit in the, in that space that they're in. You know, working, living in the middle of palm trees every day. You know, you can get up in the morning and have a jog or go for a bike ride among the palm trees and then you, at the weekend you can go to the beach that lifestyle really is fabulous you know yeah. i think the only reason i didn't really stay is simply because i was single you know if you're with a partner or family video, stay stay i was at the time oh, yeah. i mean okay. these days i have a chinese girlfriend yeah. but um, at the time you know i lived in thailand i was a single person you know and i would recommend staying if you're a teacher and you're living in thailand if you're with a partner or family you know, stay because you'll have a fantastic lifestyle for your kids. You know, living at the beach on the weekend and seeing the palm trees and the elephants during the week—it's yeah. a great lifestyle. It's, it certainly beats the grey, miserable, cold, never-ending rain oh, yes. of January in the UK. I have to say, um, and also you don't have those horrendous uh, heating bills. You know, oh, for gas and wow. Um, and, you know, another plus is if you lived there, you could put solar panels on and you wouldn't have an electric bill. So, wow. you, know, you know, I'm beginning to think I ought to go myself. Actually. Well, to be honest, Emmanuel, I didn't even have to worry about things like bills because I actually lived on campus, you see. So oh. my school, they put me up in accommodation that they, you know, they provided for me, the accommodation. I didn't have to pay rent. I didn't have to pay bills. You know, the salary was a little better than the UK salary for a teacher. So, you know, I had a better, slightly better salary 
free and I had I had no housing costs whatsoever the downside of that is that you know you do live on campus so you don't there's an element of freedom and independence that you don't have no. but many international schools they will simply provide you with with your rent and you can rent wherever you like yeah. but there are certainly some where you live in their accommodation so in that respect you know for, for your first experience and your first year living on site was okay because you know it's getting your, you know getting your feelers out getting to know the people in the place but I, I can imagine it might be a bit too much after a while living and working yes with the same people in the same place mm. and I, I, I personally speaking you know I'm, I, I would find that a little bit annoying sometimes because you know you, you'd feel that you couldn't just be totally free to do what you want mm. you know, um, well it kind of felt like living at center parks or butlins after a while because yes. you know you've got a lot of families that are teachers as well that are living on the on the school campus and you know if you are one of those parents with with kids school kids yourself that's that okay. go to the school yeah. they've got a fantastic life but as a young single person you know i would really recommend bangkok if you're going to live in thailand stick to the city yeah. i mean there's a lot more going on there's, so much more like internationals uh an international element there there's people from all over the world and i can imagine you know you you can probably find everything that you to to interest you, you know, yes you'll that. have you'll have a lot more fun and you'll meet more people you know and you can date much easier if you're in bangkok than if you're in the countryside yeah. in thailand i could imagine that that would be quite difficult now from there you've found yourself in china now, i um, did yes i'm yes. interested because um you know two of my podcasts have been with you know someone from hong kong ah. which is uh not mainland china but you know it's and they were talking experiences uh, in one of my podcasts about actually moving to the UK mm. and what, was, what that was like. So from your point of view, what was it like going from um, the UK or from Europe to uh, Shanghai? Uh, how was that? Well, I love living in Shanghai and I, I love living in China. It's in a lot of ways. For example, the climate is similar to England, but better. So the summers are warmer and their winters are not as cold, you know. And so and, this, and is a, this is Shanghai. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I really I think Shanghai, if out of everywhere in China, Shanghai has the best climate. Don't go to Beijing. It's too cold. No. And, and also they get these terrible smogs. Oh. Well, well, I think they do. I, I mean, I, I I've been there on a weekend. I haven't been there for long, just for the weekend. But I don't experience this smog of Shanghai. I, you know, I've, I know people have talked about the air pollution of Shanghai. I haven't personally experienced that. I'm very happy living there. I think it's a great city to live in. You know, you've got the most expats, the most foreigners are living in Shanghai than any other part. I think historically it's always been quite um, uh, an international city. Yes. Um, and obviously that's continued to this day. And I, I'm assuming that also the, the, the population who live in Shanghai are more open to that as well. Yes, it's, I, you know, I've heard people say that Shanghai is the best city to live in in China. I've heard them say it's the most liberal as well. So they're, they're the most open-minded, yeah. you know, and that it's the most friendly for LGBT plus as well. Yeah, a bit like, I suppose, big cities all around the world. Yes, you know, like yes. London and New York and Paris. Mm. They're, they're more accommodating and they're more welcoming to minorities. Yes, um, they are. And I think that's probably true, yeah. So you, you, um, you're working in a school there. Yes. And, and how do you find working in, in the school there? Is it similar to working here or is, oh, is it? Well, no, I mean, I, it's, I wouldn't say similar. I mean, 
in a, lo- in a lot of ways. It's English curriculum, yeah. so it is similar in those senses. So I work in an international school, and so it's British UK curriculum. I have a small class. You know, my students are very hardworking. You know, it's, it's, it's an international school, but at the end of the day, they are all Chinese, you see, because yeah. they might be Chinese American or, or British Chinese. You know, there's a very, very, very small number of genuinely international children in my school. They're actually all Chinese, yeah. but they've got dual citizenship from some other way. Okay. You know. So I suppose the parents want them to be uh, taught in, in the English language and yes. to have uh, mm. recognised English qualification, I suppose. Yes, you know, the, uh, I would say that Chinese families and especially the families I'm working with, you know, they're very competitive and they want the best for their child. You know, they want an international curriculum. They want the fluent English. You know, these are going to be bilingual children and they're very, very hardworking. Yeah, I mean, let's, you know, that's true. And, and, you know, it's to um, the world's benefit because a lot of them will come to Europe, to America Mm. and find jobs and work abroad. Um, Certainly, you know, talking to... um, my friend from Hong Kong, she was saying very much so that, you know, they've moved here uh, from Hong Kong and they've come with their skills, they've set up businesses. So it, it's it's a real positive uh, mm. migration overall, um, which is great. And you've migrated there. Yes, so that's yes. to their benefit because you're bringing your skills to China. Indeed, you know, and if you're interested in, you know, working in China, there are different routes you can go in. If you're in teaching, for example, you know, if you've got the teaching qualification, you know, you can work in international schools or British schools. If you don't have a teaching qualification, you can still work in China. You can work in a Chinese school or a bilingual school, you know, and in this case, your life will be quite different because it won't be a UK curriculum. You may find learning Mandarin is a big help because you will have a Mandarin teacher working alongside you half the day will be done in mandarin and then half in english half in english yeah. yes but you know that's also good because then you'll learn the language as well i haven't learned a lot of mandarin to be honest i've been there nearly two years and i really don't speak a lot no. at all well, i suppose because you're, you're having to teach in english yes and your students are te- uh, sorry uh, students uh, speaking, are speaking english, english. yeah um yeah and, and obviously you're surrounded by a lot of english speakers at work it's true, and you know, if you if you want to, you can. You don't even feel like you're in China. A lot of ways, you can t- you can travel easily and cheaply by taxi all across Shanghai. You can spend your life going to bars and restaurants and clubs, and you know, you can have a good lifestyle where it, you can just socialise with expat foreigners, British people or American people or Australian people. You know, I mean, I wouldn't. I, I do encourage people to get out there, make Chinese friends. I've got Chinese girlfriend personally, and I've got Chinese friends, um, but I also have friends that they only really socialise with other expat foreigners. That's interesting. So you've made connections with people who live there and that's that's interesting. That gives you another dimension, another perspective. Um, yeah, so I yeah. use Tinder and Bumble. Oh, right, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what they are, but they sound dating, lovely. Dating websites. Oh, they're dating yeah. websites. Dating well, apps, I yeah. don't date anymore. I really don't bother. I mean, to be honest with you, um, you know, obviously I did quite a lot of that in the past. Sure, sure. But now I got to this stage, you know what? I don't think it's worth it. I can't be bothered to go through all that preamble, getting to know Well, I'm someone. not on them anymore because I've actually settled oh. now with a girlfriend. Well, that's good. So um, you're yeah. in a relationship with I am, you know, yeah. Chinese. I have a Chinese girlfriend, but we met on Tinder, you know. So, well, I think that's yeah. what young people, well, I think what yeah. everyone does now. I mean, mm. I, I, I mm. certainly know a lot of people have met their, their prospective partners, mm. wives, husbands, partners, whatever, uh, and they mm. use, uh, you know, these apps or, yes. or whatever because, you know, 
we don't all want to go to a bar, we don't all want to drink, we don't all want to go to a nightclub. And that's basically, when you're young, in mm. my day, mm. that's what you did to get Sure. Um, and of know. course, these days, even if you do meet someone in a bar or a nightclub, you know, they're probably on Tinder anyway. You know, if yeah. they're single, they're yeah. probably using of both of these things. Yeah. Absolutely, um, they're going to be on to, social to meet media someone. and mm. so on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you're in China. You're working there, and now you've you've travelled to several places and visited other p- parts of China. Yes. So I'm fascinated to hear about it because you know I've never been, um, and it's an incredibly fascinating country very large country mm, so, it is it's um, enormous i didn't realize how big it was mm, yes yes you know it's really quite amazing not only a taxi is cheap and convenient but things like the train system you know emmanuel you can get the high speed train you can travel for hours and hours across china for a very reasonable price very very comfortably you know and you can also fly it for uh, you know not very not very much money you can fly to i've been up to almost near Mongolia. I've been nearly with the border of Russia. My friend's been to Tibet. Yeah. I've been down to, uh, I've been to visit where the pandas are in Chengdu. Chengdu. You know. Are you in Harbin, yeah. which is very. Yes. Oh, Harbin is extremely cold, but you can see the, the ice festival there, which is absolutely beautiful. If you get a chance to come to China, you must go to Harbin to the ice festival because it's really quite stunning. Yes, it's minus cold, it's minus thirty it. degrees, no, so I'm it's not very sure cold. I don't, I don't think I do minus one, mm. let alone minus thirty. So <laughs> yes. absolutely hideous. It was but, pretty cold. Yeah, I think your nose would freeze. But at the end of the day, China is such an enormous country that you've got you've got such diversity of landscape, you know. And if you want something hot and sunny like Thailand, there's a place in China called Sanya. So you can go yeah. to Sanya and you've got the beautiful tropical nature. Is that in the southeast? In the southeast, exactly. Yeah. It's not far away from Thailand. Mm. Okay, so yeah. that's that's one of the you know, but one of the benefits of mm. being there. Mm. Now I'm interested to know because I do know when you just before you left, you signed up to do a theatre course here I did, in yeah. central London. And now have you been able to carry on with that or, or you know. No, sadly, I would say that, that that is an area that I don't have in Shanghai. So, you know, I have certainly made friends among the expat crowd. And um, I've got Chinese friends as well that I've met myself through, sometimes through Tinder, through Bumble Friendship um, and in other ways. Um, but no, I mean, the, there is a small, you know, gathering of, you can see shows, uh, there's a venue called The Pearl where you can see, uh, you know, sort of uh, shows, uh, and there is a, yes, there there is a, there is a certain um, amount of musicals that you can see, but as far as me taking part as an amateur in singing and acting yeah. and dancing, that's not a side of Shanghai that I've so, I've yet to experience. But you know, I hope that more foreigners come to Shanghai. I hope that more things you know get put in place. I think before the COVID times, there there were such groups, you know, you know like theatre groups, yes, and, 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 and you know, and a certain number of expats did leave the country during COVID, but I hope that they come back you know I'm there I've been there for two years I enjoy living there one of my friends that left the country during Covid she's actually coming back and I hope more foreigners do come because China's a safe place to be there's a lot of fun things to do especially in somewhere like Shanghai you know you can have a good lifestyle and I I do remember when you did your theatre course here in London I came up to town to see the pantomime 
which was? Mm. I was in a non-professional, non-paid for uh, version of Jack and the Beanstalk. It was very good. Off I have the to West say. End. I mean, you Thank might you. Not be professional in the sense you were paid, but the standard was superb. Thank and you I do so much. That was a great night and a fantastic show. I played villager made, number three. You were villager number three. <laughs> yes. And, you know, you. you you were only on for a short time, but my God, you know, you, ha you, you gave it your all. Thank you so was much. Lovely. It was so fun. But, you know, things like that, I think, you know, um, maybe when you go back, you could be instrumental in setting up some sort of thing. Maybe or, I could. Or, or maybe, you know, chorus, singing at least yeah. or, you know, something like that. Because there's, I have that interest. I'm sure other foreigners living in Shanghai also have the same interest. But I'm sure English-speaking Chinese might want. They might, they because, might, definitely, know, um, they might. That's one of the things that we can sell mm. as uh, you know, people from the United Kingdom is that we do have mm. a thriving mm. uh, theatre yeah. industry. Well, at the moment in Shanghai, you can see Matilda the musical. Oh, you, right, can, so. you can, you can see the in last English. five, in English, yes. You can see the last five years. Um, I think they've even had the Sound of Music lately. Uh, there's this app called Smart Shanghai. It's also a website. So if you do move to Shanghai or you come to Shanghai, I really recommend using the website or app Smart Shanghai because that will give you listings of all the theatre that's going on in Shanghai and, you know, housing listings and, and services for expats and other things. It's all on the same yeah. website. That's fantastic. Well, I've, it's been really, really great catching up with you again oh and, it's been and, lovely and, to catch I know, up um, and and it's it's just incredible to think that you've transformed your life so magnificently thank since you so those much. covid times which were difficult for all of us they were and you're you're in a completely different place and actually i think you know for all the bad things about the the, the covid pandemic there were so many positives as well and I think this is one yes, of those positives and, and really mm. great to see you. In Thank you so much. It's been great to see you. Okay, and you're and welcome in Shanghai anytime. I, I will be taking you up on that. If, if, if I, I can get over my horrible fear of long... But it's not a fear. I just don't like being stuck in a plane for 10 or 11 hours. Sure. I, just, I go mental. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm hyperactive. Um, and so I, I, I need to. I need to get some. I, you know, I need to get some. Well, therapy. I suppose you could always break it up halfway with, um, you yeah. know, a stopover yeah, somewhere yeah. maybe. Yeah, that um, would be good. If you I could, could always do five fly hours, six hours, and then stop. And then go yeah. And, yeah. Maybe fly to Istanbul or something, and then fly onwards to yeah. Shanghai. I'm not sure where it would be a good point for stopover. I don't know. But um, you can fly direct at reasonably cheap cost these days. No, yeah, well I think there's great. more demand, isn't there, as well? Yes, well during the COVID time, some of the flights were upwards of £2,000, but at the moment, I'm coming home in April from Shanghai to London return, I only paid around £450. That, that's very good. Which is very good. That's good. Very, very good. very good, actually. Really good. Isn't it? Yes. Fantastic. Anyway, happy 24. Happy 2024. We'll catch up soon. Lovely to talk to yeah, you. And thank you. Happy Goodbye. New Year. Bye. You've been listening to Vita Anima. My name's Emmanuel Barak. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>